We are joined by Ian Foster of New Zealand, Fabian Galtier from France, and Franco Smith from Italy. Of course, we'll be in Pool A with Africa 1, America 1. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Fabian. As you are the host, uh, what's your reaction to the draw, and what will you be looking forward to um, in the Rugby World Cup uh, for, uh, following the draw? Well, to the, the group, uh, we saw that uh, we think that the team present will will be ready for the competition. Um, we think that they are preparing the finest rugby for for the World Cup. It's going to be tough group. We know that uh, New Zealand. Uh, is uh, one of the favorites of the competition, like uh, on each competition. They won three World Cup in the story, so they're always dangerous. Uh, we know that uh, Italy start continue to improve their rugby, and like we said before, they are preparing the finest rugby. So it's going to be a big appointment for us in France, um, front of uh, our supporter with uh, the public, the French public, with the French supporter, the French fan, our family. So it's going to be a very exciting moment for us. Uh, Merci, uh, Fabian. Uh, to you, Franco, uh, you got a younger group during the at Autumn Nations Cup. Give us your initial reaction to the draw and how will you be, be preparing in, in the next uh, four-year cycle? Yeah, obviously, I think uh, to be in the hostess pool and then obviously to have New Zealand there as well is uh, a big challenge, but also uh, obviously a big inspiration for our guys to work to a good objective to work to. We, Right, we did start with a new group of players. Um, we've got about 27 to 28 test matches to prepare them for this level. Um, so we are very excited about that. Now the objectives are set. And uh, I know that uh, if we can keep looking at the objective, work hard, and that what we can really improve, we can, we can in 28 test matches, we can develop a squad that's going to be really competitive. Ian, um, this is... Um... You obviously have three um, World Cup titles um, and obviously joining the hosts in Pool A. What are your thoughts on the draw? Yeah, look, very excited. You know, it's, um, look, World Cup's are very, very special events and, and there's no such thing as an easy pull and we've learned that over the years and, you know, we've had a, a lot of history of playing, playing Italy in pool play and, um, you know, we missed out on playing them in the last last World Cup because of the hurricane. So in some ways, it's going to be a special occasion to play them in France. And I mean, obviously, to, to, to have France in our pool, it, it, I think it's going to be very special. You know, I've got no doubt that they will be organising a, a superb World Cup. You know, they've got a, a country with a lot of history in rugby. And, you know, we've watched with admiration the way that they're rebuilding their team and, and are really building something pretty special for 23. So for us to know that the size of the challenge now is giving us a really clear focus and, and one we can't wait for. 
A uh, question from Franco um, from the Q&A questions uh, provided by the public and journalists. In terms of young players that you bring through the system, what's your aim um, going forward? Yeah, obviously, you know, we started with a, a plan to develop the players. We've got an average age group of 24 now, and, and they will be around about 26, 27, hitting the, hitting the World Cup in a couple of years' time. So the process was new to start. Um, I think due to COVID and whatever happened this year, it's a little bit of a belated process, but we um, we are working really hard. And like I said before, we have a number of test matches now um, with clear objectives and focus. So uh, I'm happy with what we've seen up to now. We have we've unearthed some good talent. Uh, I think the 620 players that was involved in the Autumn Cup uh, really put up their hand. And I think uh, there's a good... Uh, Good, some, some good players coming through with, uh, with good challenges for them. So hopefully in the next uh, next year and a half, we can really bring um, something special to the level. Fabian, uh, how impressed are you with your current depth in the squad? And uh, briefly give us uh, your objectives going forward for the Fence squad. I try to speak in English. Um, for the last year, we have been committed to developing our collective experience and performance uh, while striving um, for excellence. So we are aware and we try to keep uh, the good direction to develop uh, our collective uh, experience. We need to continue in, in this uh, direction. And Maxi, uh, Fabian, uh, follow up, following, uh, follow up question. Uh, would you like the idea of playing um, the uh, the All Blacks in the first match? Why not? So exciting, so beautiful team. We everybody in rugby love uh, New Zealand. Everybody in rugby love All Blacks. Why not? It will be oh, so exciting to play against All Blacks at home for the first match. So fantastic. We love All Blacks. We Finally, a question for Ian. How impressed have you been with the emergence of dev developmental uh, countries in America and, and uh, Africa, um, such as Namibia and Zimbabwe, just to name a few? Yeah, look, I think the last two World Cups particularly, we've seen a massive growth in, in, um, in, in the quality of the teams coming. And, you know, I know from our experience that you know, teams like Namibia um, have really shown, you know, they've, the competitions that, that World Rugby's organised for them has got them into a really good preparation mode for World Cup. So we've seen the emergence of Japan at the last World Cup and the huge success that they were. So it's an exciting time for the game, you know, where you get a lot of the, the so-called lesser teams are really put, uh, are growing their programmes and, and really targeting World Cups to make a big statement. So... Um, We've seen more and more surprises, and and I'm sure that 23 will throw up a few more. Final question um, for Franco. Uh, you have this great ability to bring through big challenges throughout your career. How will you be able to approach this challenge uh, within your pool, and uh, what are your early ambitions um, for yourself and for the side? You know, first of all, you know, for the main motivation would be Obviously, for these guys to face the hard I think from that challenge on, and the fact that 
France is hosting, it will mean that we have forever the odds stack against us. That means if we, uh, we go out there and we liberate ourselves from other pressures, we can work and get our processes in place to think about how we can contribute in the field and, and not about the result. And I think that is what's the main concern for me at this stage with our teams. We are too worried about the outcome instead of the process to follow. So that's going to be my job in the next uh, in the next 18 months to, to focus on how the process would work, what's the quality, uh, the number of actions on the field, uh, uh, all the, the technical detail that's needed to be done. And obviously to to physically develop a team that's of national, international level. And that is uh, enough time ahead and excited. Like, like, like Fabian has said, it's exciting. There's some exciting times ahead. And, and, uh, but focusing on our processes for now is going to be the most important part. Uh, thanks, Franco. Uh, for Fabian, how will you be able to deal with the pressure of hosting the, the competition and carrying the nation's hopes for Rugby World Cup 2023? Yeah, we know... After playing at home 2023, it's going to be a fantastic challenge for each French player who can play for France. So it's going to be a big motivation, big um, objective for everybody. But we know that sometimes we can have a pressure when we are close to the appointment, close to the, to the D-Day. So we have to work on that. We have to, to prepare to be uh, to be ready to be ready to be ready physically and mentally mentally to be ready to um, to play uh, our best rugby with the pressure, but uh, we need we need to be freedom to to play our best rugby with the freedom. Uh, Ian, how? Impressed uh, have you been with your side's progress, um, taking into account um, the consideration, taking into consideration as the short-year window that you guys had um, for this season. Yeah, it's very hard to gauge, isn't it? Like we only had six tests. We, we, I guess we won the, the trophies that we played for, but you know we had some really high moments and, and a couple of low moments. So, and that's probably indicative of the year, but. You know, we had a chance to bring um, 14 either new or or sort of returning players back into the fold. You know, there was a, a definite strategy to build uh, a broader base and, and use, even though it was only six tests, a chance to actually get a few more players in there. So, you know, we'll give ourselves a pass, Mark, but um, like everyone, we, we're, we're, we're pretty excited about, you know, hopefully having a full year that we can get our periodisation right and get our planning right and um, and, and really push forward. But um, tough year to mark most teams, isn't it, the way that things have gone? But, um, you know, this has given us a real clear focal point for the next couple, so it's a pretty exciting day. Thank you very much, uh, Ian, uh, Fabian and Franco, for joining us. Have a wonderful fest- festive season, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is Pool B Coaches, a Jock Ninebo of South Africa, Andy Farrell of Ireland, and Gregor Townsend from Scotland. Uh, they're in Pool B with Asia Pacific 1 and Europe 2. Uh, we will start with the current world champs, uh, Jock. Uh, Jock, uh, talk us through your reactions on the group. Thank you very much. Waited for the unmute now. Listen, um, 
I must say, quite excited. Um, I think it's going to be, if you look at the pool, I think we would really have to be uh, on top of our game uh, just to get out of this pool. So I think uh, the nice thing about it is uh, there's no two ways about it. It's, it's funny to think that one of uh, either South Africa, Ireland or Scotland might not might not make it into uh, the playoff stages. So it's going to be a, a tough pool, and, but looking very much forward to it. Uh, thanks, Jock. Uh, Andy, same question for you. Your ni- initial reactions uh, of the draw? Yeah, um, I suppose there's nothing better than a, a Rugby World Cup draw to uh, to get the juices flowing. So, uh, super excited. And I suppose if, if Jörg's saying that uh, they'll have to play some good rugby to get out of the out of the group, I'm, I'm sure that me and Gregor are thinking the same as well. Thanks, Andy. Uh, same question for you, Gregor. Yeah, uh, if there's an excitement that you see the draw uh, and you think ahead to, to Paris in two years, ten, three years' time, now it's going to be a wonderful tournament. And then there's a reality uh, of who you're going to play against. Um, I believe it's a, it's the toughest pool on current world rankings. It's um, Ireland are ranked fifth in the world, South Africa are ranked first in the world champions. Uh, we're ranked seventh, so all three teams are uh, at the top eight in the world, which means it's going to be very competitive. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And uh, now we'll open up the questions uh, for the floor, uh, the public and the journalists. Uh, Jock, uh, how important will Felix Jones be with his knowledge of Ireland rugby? Uh, massive. Uh, look, we, we took a stance uh, a, couple, a couple of years ago. Um, it, with uh, such a big part of our, our, our squad playing abroad, um, it, it was a strategic decision from us to, to appoint uh, Felix and to get Andy on board uh, from England um, so that they, that they can get service by our coaches over there. So, um, and obviously, I've coached there for two years, um, uh, worked closely with Andy uh, when I was doing the defence at Munster and Andy was doing the defence of Ireland. So, we, we had a good uh, working relationship in terms of making the Ireland squad better. So, yeah, it's going to be, um, that it, it, Felix will play a massive role for us uh, in servicing as our players abroad. Just another follow-up question for you, Jock. Uh, with such an awkward year and not playing this year, uh, how important will international matches be for you, considering other teams have matches under their belts? Uh, obviously, taking into consideration for uh, the Rugby World Cup cycle. Yeah, the big thing for us is uh, to take baby steps. You know, is to we, we need to get international rugby back. Uh, we we've got our local game. Uh, so, uh, we 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 probably in round eight or nine of our local game, which is good. So we got rugby back in South Africa. So the next focus will be. Uh, for us to get back into international rugby, and uh, but I believe it was the right decision for us. You know, uh, there was different lockdowns for different countries. Uh, we were in extreme lockdown, so from from a player safety point of view, I, uh, it was definitely the right call. But we will have to be nice and creative uh, in preparing us for international rugby next year. But uh, the guys are working hard behind the scenes uh, in getting that going. So uh, super excited, almost. Uh, for the 2021, you know, and we've got the British and Irish Lions coming to us. Uh, so, um, yeah, getting us back into international rugby uh, and then preparing for British and Irish Lions and then take it on from there. Uh, thanks, Jock. Gregor, uh, how important was this uh, 
for you to have this squared away, considering it was another Rugby World Cup uh, cycle for you? Yeah, it was nice. Um, I feel very honoured uh, to be given that extension. Uh, I love working with this group of players and the, the staff that we have. And it does get you looking forward to, to a big tournament. Um, being in the Northern Hemisphere, um, just every four years the World Cup gets bigger and bigger for our sports. So yeah, that's that's something to look forward to. Um, we obviously have big tournaments uh, every year uh, with the Six Nations, so the short-term focus is there, but there is that long-term focus of developing a team and a squad that can play its best rugby in 2023. Uh, this question is for all three coaches. Um, there obviously are a couple of rumours out there around the pro rugby, or let me say pro 14 or pro 16, and the possibility of playing each other in the competition. How important will that familiarity be uh, going forward, um, going towards the, the rugby World Cup? Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, um, every, everyone's aware of uh, all the uh, different ramifications that could happen um, in, 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 in the new year. Um, hopefully, you know, for, for, for us, we, we want to play against the best as much as we possibly can. We want our players to be able to do that and uh, for the big teams, for the big provinces um, in, in South Africa to, to join Pro 14. I know there's talk of a Pro, Pro 16, etc. Is, 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 is the way that we would like to see you go. Gregor, maybe you can respond. Yeah, likewise. Any, any competition that uh, gets our players playing closer to international rugby uh, will help the development for us having success at test level. So we have that through the current setup with the Pro 14. But if those four South African teams that have been used to play super rugby come into a competition, that will enhance the, the Pro 14, Pro 16. And also, we'll, we'll get to experience a different type of rugby um, in different conditions that South Africa bring. And Jacques, on the same topic. Yes, I think, um, yes, having coached there uh, before, I think it's, it would be very good for us. I mean, it was probably, I was unbelievably surprised when, when we first started coaching in there. It was in Pro 12 back then. Uh, probably, I would say, one of the fiercest contested uh, competitions in all facets, you know, set pieces, breakdown, skill level. So I think it would be a good, uh, it would be a big step for us, for our uh, local franchises. Super Rugby is a little bit different. Uh, so it will be a big step up for them in terms of the tactics and the, the weather and the different playing surfaces, different referees from different countries that you have to manage. I think it's probably... Uh, and I, I'm not talking down any other competitions, but I think it's a, it's it's very close to test match rugby. So I, I'm super excited for our players to to join uh, to join at Pro 16 or Pro 14. It will be phenomenal. Uh, question uh, question to Andy: uh, You have experience you have experience in international circuit as well. You have uh, Asia Pacific one and Europe two in the group. How impressed uh, have you been with the progression of the so-called minnow teams? Uh, since you also played Georgia in the Autumn Nations Cup uh, recently? Well, I suppose exactly that, uh, progression. Um, I suppose uh, it does justice to, to international rugby, doesn't it, the way that um, uh, those uh, tier, tier two, tier three nations are, are developing because um, if you're 
uh, in tier one and you're not preparing properly or, or you're not ready for uh, for what is a proper test match, then you're going to come unstuck. And, and that's certainly what we've seen in, in, in the recent past in World Cups, etc. Uh, thanks, Andy. Question for Jock. In terms of playing in France, and obviously we're taking reference to uh, 2007, 2007 Red Gold Cup, what are your thoughts going forward and having the possibility of playing against uh, France or New Zealand in the quarters? Yeah, I, I think if you look at our pool and the quality that's in that pool, uh, even if you go Asian-Pacific uh, one, it, it, might, it, might be, it might be a Tonga, it might be Samoa. I, I think... Uh, it will probably be um, not the right thing to start focusing on quarterfinals and knockout rugby. I think you will have to be pretty clued up and your game has to be on top of it. You'll have to be on top of your game just to get out of the pool. So I think from our, from, from our position, we will probably focus massively just on the next three years. You, you will need a proper squad. Uh, with good experience uh, to get out of that pool. So we will focus on that and then make the pool stays as, as it is. Uh, but then your uh, question relating France, I, I think super excited that the World Cup is in France. And uh, we've got, um, uh, sp speaking to a lot of our players who's currently playing in France, um, they love it there. They love the people. They love the support. Um, they love the conditions. Uh, so I think from very excited uh, to go to France and from my own personal uh, perspective, I have a glass of wine and the, and the food. So I look very much looking forward to that. Uh, thanks, Jock. Gregor, is there anything that you will take out of the British and Irish Lions Tour next year, which uh, will be held in South Africa? Yeah, hopefully I have a number of players involved uh, and getting insight into to take on South Africa, the strategies that would be deployed during that tour uh, and playing test match rugby against South Africa would, would be a great experience for our players. Uh, so yeah, I believe that the Lions tour uh, is going to be exciting uh, for so many people involved in rugby, but I'm sure Andy's thinking the same, the Irish players and the Scottish players that, that get to play against the Springboks and, and maybe get to find a way of beating them. Will be very helpful for us as individual nations. Uh, follow up question for you, uh, Gregor. Uh, who do you think uh, the bottles will be looking at the draw? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. I think when you see the, the pool draw today, uh, the 12 teams are, are, are announced, there is no easy game. And the teams that are in band three uh, are very strong. They could go from strength to strength over the next three years. And likewise, the teams outside, um, teams that are qualifying, whether it's a Samoa or a Tonga with uh, the amount of quality players at their disposal or, or a team like USA, who are, who are now a professional league um, and have shown over the last couple of years they play really good rugby. So those would be the teams that have came closer in the past to, to pull off an upset, but... Maybe other teams that come through from, from Europe and Africa. Uh, Andy, uh, it's been a very disruptive year for everyone and having limited matches. Will that uh, hinder your preparations a bit uh, leading up to um, the next uh, Rugby World Cup? Um, I suppose we, we know where the, where the journey is heading to. Um, and, and obviously the, the, the 
pool stages that's just been announced is, is where we're heading to France. Uh, there's a few gaps along that journey that need to be filled in because of COVID, etc. But what we do know for sure is that the Six Nations will, will, will carry on being played, so we'll get to play uh, um, Scotland twice uh, again, uh, Murrayfield next year, which is always a, a massive challenge for, for anyone. Um, and then obviously, like Gregor was talking about then with the, with the, with the Lions Tour, what, a, what an opportunity for, for, for the Scots and, and for the, uh, the Irish boys to um, put the hand up during this Six Nations and, uh, and get on that tour and learn all about what it's like to, um, to take the world champions on in their own backyard. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing more exciting for a player than, than that. Um, and then, you know, what we do know for sure at this moment in time, uh, there's, a, there's a tour uh, a year out uh, to uh, a year out uh, from the World Cup to, to to New Zealand, which is a three-test tour, which is going to be obviously uh, a massive challenge for us. But it's the type of challenge that we we, we would want going into a World Cup year. Um, and then and then hopefully we get to go to, to the Pacific Nations in the summer. If that happens with with the, with the COVID etc., we'll we'll see how, how that works. But super excited about that. And then hopefully. And, you know, along, along the way, um, in, in the autumn series that is going to come for the next couple of years, hopefully we can get to play South Africa again as an Irish side. So, um, like I said, the journey is, is, is mapped out. There's a few little holes to, to fill in, but it's, uh, it's, a, big, uh, it's, a, big, it's a big old uh, couple of years ahead of, for, for, for all of us, really. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining us today. Uh, stay safe and enjoy the festive season. Good luck, gents. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to all coaches in Pool C. Uh, coaches Wayne Pivak uh, from Wales, Dave Rennie from Australia, and Vern Cotter from Fiji. With, well, with Fiji, uh, of course, they're joined by Oceania and America as well. I will start with Dave. Uh, Dave, this is uh, your first year with Wallabies. Can you uh, give us uh, your take on... Uh, decided thus far in terms of the progression they've done? Um, oh, look, we're, uh, we're in our infancy, you might say. We've, um, we've got six tests under our belt now. We've got some good young kids coming through and, uh, you know, we've learned a lot about each other over the last few weeks and got plenty to build on. Uh, but really excited, obviously, from a World Cup perspective. It's a long way off. Um, but, you know, it makes it a bit of a reality now. Uh, Vern, uh, what are your thoughts on the draw, uh, considering a, a short year? Uh, obviously, you guys played against the Georgian Autumn Nations Cup. Uh, will that disrupt your preparations uh, leading up to Red World Cup uh, 2023? Uh, everybody involved in Fiji rugby, um, I think this is a focus point, and um, we'll go into, into planning and and trying to get ourselves organised for the tournament because it's going to be, it's actually quite similar to the 2019 um, pool. So, um, and so we'll prepare as best we can. Um, I think that uh, we sit in the middle of this pool and, and there's teams underneath us. And I think they were shown in the 2019 World Cup. You've got to be very careful of everybody. Everybody wants to win every game. So um, we'll be focusing on, on on planning. And obviously this Autumn Nations Cup was was, was difficult, as you mentioned, but it certainly uh, brought, brought players together. And uh, Wayne, uh, same for you. Uh, your reactions on the draw? Yes, yeah, so I want to burn, actually. It's, uh, 
a similar pool, but in another country, but uh, certainly very excited. Um, obviously, Fiji uh, just been uh, in the Automation Cup and uh, unfortunately couldn't play all matches, but certainly uh, I've got an affinity there. We haven't coached Fiji preparing them for 2007, so look, really excited. Um, it does give us now a real focal point, and obviously Australia with Dave there is, is going to be a big challenge, and uh, you know, we saw Uruguay getting upset in, in 219, and uh, so everybody's going to, have to be on their toes in every, in every single match. Um, it's pretty obvious uh, that uh, Fiji have a great affiliation with France, with many players uh, um, competing there. Uh, will you use this uh, in your advantage? Yeah, I mean, th this is a new group and it's, it's going to be about them. Uh, there's a new captain, uh, so yeah, you can always draw inspiration from, from past matches and, and um, historical um, great days in the game. But um, this will this will be this tournament in 2023 in France. Yeah, we've got players in France. Yeah, they know it. Um, but our preparation will be key. It's who we play before we get to the World Cup, and then obviously how the how the, the pool games, you know, how they how they how they are organised. So um, really happy to have the players in, in France. We need to get more players involved at a higher level. We need to develop um, depth. In the in Fiji itself, there's a lot of things we need to do before we get to this this competition. But our, our aim will be to be as best as we can. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of work to be. Uh, thanks, Vern. A uh, question for Wayne. Um, Vern um, pointed out um, some uh, um, the word inspiration. In terms of inspiration, Alvin Jones is quite an inspirational figure. Do you think he will pull through uh, for the Rugby World Cup in 2023? Yeah, it'll be a massive challenge for him, but um, I think if there's any player that could do it, Alan Wynn's that guy. He's, uh, he looks after himself so well, prepares so well. Uh, he knows the landscape, obviously, very, very well and knows what it takes to, to get into that shape. So uh, he'll be the one that decides that probably uh, in terms of where his body's at and where his mind's at. But um, certainly it, uh, it is a massive challenge for him, um, but one that, uh, you know, he's, he, he loves those sort of challenges. Uh, Dave, um, how pleased are you that you avoided big names such as New Zealand, South Africa and England, uh, just to name a few, um, in the pool stages? Um, oh, look, there's no, there's no easy pool, as we've all talked about. And um, If you look at the three sides that we know are confirmed in this pool, they're all really tough. And, um, you know, Fiji's got amazing athletes, and with Vern being in charge, you know, he'll, he'll give them an edge as well, which... Uh, which will be a real difference. And so, you know, and we're, we're all three years away. I think our teams are going to change a lot. Um, there'll be other guys who'll come through and, and you know, I'd imagine we'll all be better in three years' time. So, um, you know, massive challenge, but our focus is so much water under the bridge. Um, and so, um, you know, our focus will be on a, on a really big campaign next year. We could, could play as many as 15 tests next week. Uh, Follow-up question. This is obviously from one of the journalists. Um, for Dave, how important will experience in coaching Super Rugby have in facing Wales? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it'll help at all, to be honest. But um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a different it's a different competition out there. We, we certainly coached against um, a lot of different Welsh sides, and Wayne and I have coached against each other in that competition. So. 
Um, well, obviously, the game's going to be played in France. That's a little bit different there as well. So um, I, I guess we'll all draw on experiences. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. Uh, Wayne, how much confidence will you have considering the experience you will have with high retention of players uh, still competing for you? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of experience in, the, um, in terms of players that have played um, in those matches. Uh, also, we had Stephen Jones who, um, who joined the party there and was part of those matches and we some of that experience as well that he brings back. But you know, as Dave points out and Ben points out, um, we're three new setups really, and uh, there's a lot of work going on. Certainly in Wales at the moment, in terms of building some depth, and we've used that uh, the Autumn uh, Nations uh, Cup series to, to do that with 11 debutants. So we're certainly looking forward to rolling the sleeves up and getting into um, Six Nations, which is, is going to come upon us very quickly, uh, and then a, a very tough um, Autumn series next year. So a lot of work to be done, um, but building the depth is pretty important for us looking ahead to 2023. Hopefully, we'll be playing a best rugby uh, at that stage. Uh, Vern, um, how excited are you about the youngsters you have in uh, the squad going for going forward? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, because we're not not quite sure exactly um, what fixtures we'll have. We're in the process of organising organising that. Um, we're looking at all at having a, a Super Rugby team involved perhaps um, 21-22, which will help develop players. If that's based on the island, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be great to, to base a professional team there and encourage players to join that or prepare for it um, and eventually be selected if they, if they reach the standards necessary. So a lot of exciting things happening around Fiji rugby at the moment. There is some good young players. There's some good established ones. If you look at the 19 World Cup, I think um, there's a generation change, I think, there's a lot of new players who will be putting their hands up and we encourage them to do that. So um, it's, yeah, it's going to be about um, just getting giving opportunity if we get these games and then just getting ourselves towards this, this World Cup in the best best possible condition. There's another follow-up um, follow question for you, Vern. In terms of conversations around the schedules going forward, have you approached a World Rugby regarding more fixtures? Uh, for Fiji, uh, yeah, yeah it is. We're, we're in the process of talking um, with them, see what we can do. We, we obviously want more games against Tier One nations. I mean, that's something that we just like to test ourselves because there's nothing better. You can train all you like, but the games really is where you get your value uh, from from your performance after an 80 minutes, and especially against Tier One nations. So if we can get more games there, um, and I mean, we'll as, as coaches. Um, uh, Wayne and, and Renz, we all know that shared experience is, is so important. So the more we get, the, the better we'll be probably. So I'm just trying to, trying to get everybody uh, to give us a hand. Uh, thanks, Vern. Uh, with the possibility of facing England in the quarters, how tantalising is the fixture for you? Thank you, the gentleman we're speaking with at the moment. Uh, we won't get too carried away. We've got, uh, obviously, the big ball matches that we're talking about. So... Look, if we were to get through uh, and have that sort of a fixture, then, you know, obviously uh, the excitement levels would go through the roof in Wales uh, with the Wales England match. Now, in terms of the immediate work-ons, what are the biggest priorities uh, for you going forward? Many of the players involved in your squad at the moment um, played against Australia and Fiji at Rugby World Cup 2019 and obviously had good outcomes there. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of experience in, the, um, in terms of players that have played um, in those matches. 
Uh, also, we had Stephen Jones who um, who joined the party there and was part of those matches. So we're drawing some of that experience as well that he brings back. But as Dave points out and Ben points out, um, we're three new setups really, and uh, there's a lot of work going on. Certainly in Wales at the moment, in terms of building some depth, and we've used that uh, the Autumn Nations uh, Cup series to to do that with eleven debutants. So we're certainly looking forward to rolling the sleeves up and getting into um, Six Nations, which is it's going to come upon us very quickly. Uh, and then a, a very tough um, autumn series next year. So a lot of work to be done, um, but building the depth is pretty important for us looking into 2023, and you know, hopefully we'll be playing our best rugby um, at that stage. All right, that is all, gentlemen. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, do stay safe and enjoy the festive season with the family. Right. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much for joining us for the final pool press conference, the Pool D, of course. Uh, delighted to be joined by uh, Eddie Jones from England, Mario Desma from uh, Argentina, and of course, Jamie Joseph from Japan. Thank you very much, gentlemen, uh, for joining us. I hope you can hear me uh, loud and clear. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Eddie, um, runners up in 2019. Just initial thoughts to that draw. Yeah, I think just the quality of all the pools is, is very high. Uh, our pools, uh, we've got Argentina, who's got a great World Cup record, and Japan is the most improving rugby nation in the world. So it's going to be a great challenge to see who gets through the pool. And then you throw in Tonga, who's, cap, who's possibly caused some of the biggest upsets in the, in the getting World Cup history. It's a tough old pool. Certainly is. Thanks, Eddie. Um, just in terms of some of the stats there, it's uh, England only met Japan once, and that was way back at the beginning in, in 1987. Um, England have played Argentina three times. You appear to be very close together, a bit magnetic in terms of uh, those fixtures, and that was in 1995, 2011, and of course 2019. Um, and Argentina have only met Japan once in 1999 as well. So, um Mario, just in terms of your reaction um, to the draw, but also just a little bit of a word on how pleased you are with performances during the recent Tri-Nations, considering you'd played no rugby before that point. Um, I'm sorry to go in, in Spanish. Uh, just, just uh, I remember I played Jamie in that 99 game. Do you remember Jamie? I do, I do, Mario. <laughs> well, it was a long time ago. That makes that, that makes not not so young. Yeah. Anyway, um, my thoughts. Um, lo primero sí venimos de un de un campeonato de, de un tri nations eh, muy satisfactorio en muchos sentidos, eh, sobre todo en cuanto al compromiso y, y y la solidaridad y la unión del grupo. Eh, y después con respecto a la zona un poco como dice Eddie todas las zonas fueron son muy parejas nos tocaba estar en el tercer lugar de la zona y siempre siempre te, nada como tercer lugar siempre es difícil porque son zonas muy muy complicadas este, así que ahora ya está creo que todos nos podemos concentrar en lo siguiente y empezar a pensar en, en el año que viene sobre todo porque todavía falta mucho 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 para Para esa, para, ese, nada, para esa Copa del Mundo. Gracias, uh, Mario. Um, for Jamie, just your initial reactions and also you know, how much you're just looking forward to being able to get back out there and, and play again as a national team after what's been a very difficult year for you. 
Yeah, I think um, the fact that we haven't played any rugby this year hasn't really helped our cause. But having some certainty around who we're going to play is is exciting. Understanding that we've got a huge challenge ahead of us, you know, both England and Argentina, uh, you know, two powerhouse teams recently beaten the All Blacks, great form. So um, we're under no illusion on how how tough it's going to be. Um, but I, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is just getting our domestic game back up and running, get our players back playing footy. Uh, and then we can um, look towards what the next steps will be, which is hopefully test matches in June and July. Thanks, Jamie. Just going to start now with uh, questions from journalists via the Q&A. Eddie, will you, um, obviously, from a Japan and uh, yourself perspective, there's a, there's a love affair in terms of Rugby World Cup. Will you allow yourself a little bit of emotion when uh, England play Japan in that pool match? We reflect on that? <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't think so. Um, <laughs> well, only Jamie. Jamie doesn't need any of my emotion, mate. He's doing a great <laughs> job with them. Um, and you know, I'm so I'm pleased that they're doing well. Uh, it was great watching the highlights of the the World Cup and seeing the number of edits on on Japan triumphs at the World Cup. Um, so you know, it's going to be a tough game because they play the game differently. We don't get many chances to play against teams like Japan, so we're going to have to be really well prepared. And at the same time, you've got the contrast of Argentina, who played probably the most physical game of rugby we saw all, all 2020 against the All Blacks. I was going to, going to say, in terms of Argentina, um, you're obviously impressed with where they are at the moment from your comments there. They've got three years to build. They've come off of the back of not playing any rugby. Uh, where do you see them being when it comes, gets around to 2023? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, Mario's building up a, a good bunch of, 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 of players, some good young guys coming through. Obviously, you've got to check on board. You might have to get him out of that Lebanon job, mate, um, and keep <laughs> him on board. Uh, he seems like he's loving it there, which is it's great to see because he's a good fellow and, you know, probably didn't finish his coaching with Australia how he liked, so to get another opportunity to help Argentina is a, a great thing for him. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's probably the most uh, contrasting pool in terms of, of style and philosophy of play, and, and that's, that's what probably makes it the most interesting. Thanks, Eddie. And, uh, Jamie, just a, a couple of quick questions that I'm going to combine. One is, obviously, you've got a, a very sort of tight preparation time now having lost 2020 through COVID um, would you be looking forward to potentially arranging a match against the likes of England or Argentina before 2023 and secondly uh, Matsushima played particularly well for Claremont at the weekend scoring a hat-trick of tries as well in an impressive performance how pleased have you been with his performances um, in France and, and obviously in Europe um, since he's been over there? I think the answer to the first question is absolutely it would be and getting test matches of of that quality is is crucial for I guess any team's preparation, particularly a tier two team, uh tier two nation like Japan and um and we're always looking for uh big games of rugby. Um our domestic competition isn't strong enough really to help the team prepare for test matches and you know, whilst we had the Sunwolves and Super Rugby and um we only won a handful of games, it, it certainly lined us up well uh, for the 2019 World Cup. Um, as for Matsu, um, well, I mean, Ed Eddie would know this. I mean, domestically, he's been scoring tries 
like that for some years now. Um, for me, the first one that I saw him score was you know, that brilliant try against South Africa in 2015. So it's no surprise. I, I guess the big growth for him is, you know, he's got confidence um, to express himself the way he does in Japan um, overseas. And I just think that's, I think that's great. I think that's great for, you know, other Japanese players that look towards players like Matsu and have that confidence, the belief that they can play outside of the country. Absolutely. And um, just from Mario's perspective, could be joined in, in Pool D by uh, Oceania 1, could be either Samoa or Tonga. America's 2 could be USA or, or Canada, for example. Um, just looking over the last four years and, and recent Rugby World Cups as well in terms of emerging nation performances, um, how, how much are you expecting from teams like that at Rugby World Cup 2023? And uh, how difficult is it to prepare a Rugby World Cup campaign when you know that those kind of winning margins potentially uh, are reducing um, from Rugby World Cup to Rugby World Cup? Con respecto a, a la primera parte de la pregunta de la, la, las naciones emergentes, creo que en todas, las, en todas las, las copas del mundo hubo muchas sorpresas y cada vez más esos márgenes se fueron, se fueron achicando. Este, lo vimos obviamente con Japón en, en la última Copa del Mundo, pero en la que los entrenó Eddie también. Eh, y hoy casi casi que no parecen sorpresas que, que ese tipo de equipos hagan partidos muy parejos. Ni hablar un, un equipo como Samoa o como Tonga, que generalmente están separados o dispersos en todo el mundo y que se juntan, que se juntan para, para la Copa del Mundo y sabemos la calidad de jugadores que tienen. Así que, nada, como... como como Eddie y como Jamie estamos todos muy excitados de, de, de pensar en esa Copa del Mundo, más allá de que quede lejos, y de competir contra, contra tanto Japón como Inglaterra, como los dos, los dos países emergentes. Gracias, Mario. Eddie, just a quick thought on potential quarterfinalists. If you make it through, obviously, the pool phase, Australia or Wales, both teams very familiar to you. Uh, just a few words on those. Uh, I don't think we can afford to look that far ahead. Um, you know, they'll look after themselves. Australia's got a great uh, coach in Dave Rennie, got some good young players coming through, and Wales are going through that sticky period of having a successful coach for such a period of time. Uh, and now a new coach and changing their style a little bit to a more attacking style, which tends to loosen up your game a little bit. Um, but they've got plenty of time to get right, so we'll worry about those further down the track, mate. Excellent, thank you. Um, question for Jamie. Uh, obviously, you set the Rugby World Cup 2019 alight. Uh, you were the kind of the fans' favourite with your style of, of rugby as well. But looking at the way the game is played at the moment, do you feel that you need to adjust the way that you play? What are your thoughts on how international rugby is being played at the moment? Yeah, I think all in all, um, the kind of athletes that we have in Japan really determines the way that we play the game. And... And therefore, we're not really watching um, so closely, I guess, other national teams. I mean, we could we could train for 100 years and never play like England, um, and that's simply because of the kind of athletes that we have. And so I guess the challenge for us is we, we have a style of rugby that we need to um, – and that will adjust as well over the course of time. Um, you know, uh, rugby's always developing. We've got to stay ahead as best we can. Um, as I said earlier, getting test matches against, you know, big teams like England, other tier one nations, crucial for our preparation. But all in all, I think our style of rugby will, will be very similar to what, is, what it's always been in Japan. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, 
And Eddie, for yourself as well, a lot of young players coming into the squad, um, performing well during both the, the end of or the conclusion of the Six Nations, but also the Autumn Nations Cup and winning silverware. How important is it for them to get that kind of winning feeling? And also, um, you know, looking at three years ahead now, how satisfied are you in terms of the personnel that you have available to you? Yeah, we had nine uh, new caps in 2020, so that's that's a that's a good uh, progression for us. And we're we're going through a re- rebuilding phase at the moment. Uh, yeah, we've we've had a fairly mature side for the last four seasons, and and we'll go through a and the Lions will help us evolve the side. Um, so. Those young guys have just got to keep working hard. You know, sometimes in England they can get too too far ahead of themselves too quickly. So we're just got to make sure they keep working hard, keep making sure they become a better player, and, and then we'll have great competition. And the side we have for the 2023, we don't know what form that will take. Thanks, Adi. A question for Mario. Um, in terms of your squad now, having a number of players who are based either in France or in England, how does that impact your preparation heading into the next three-year cycle and how difficult is it for you to get the preparation time you require uh, with your team? Bueno, en realidad es, es parecida a la preparación que, que teníamos, no sé, dos mundiales atrás, casi diez años atrás, con muchos jugadores evolucionando lejos de la Argentina. Obviamente, entre estos dos mundiales, muchos de los jugadores estaban basados acá en Argentina y era muy diferente y estaban muy a mano. Hoy es, es definitivamente un, un ejercicio complicado, es este, muy desafiante eh, y seguramente, seguramente lo, lo vamos a ver eh, en, primera, en primera persona el año que viene con tantos jugadores afuera y juntándonos con poquito tiempo para preparar el partido, eh, el primer partido de cualquiera de las ventanas. Y después, bueno, el Mundial es diferente, el Mundial te da más tiempo para prepararte y estar juntos, así que bueno, veremos cuando, cuando llegue ese momento. Gracias. Uh, Jamie as well, just a question in terms of your preparation over the next three years and, and looking ahead to the World Cup. Given performances at the last two World Cups for Japan, um, do you feel a bit a bit more pressure in terms of in terms of the performance and expectation for the tournament? Um, and would you no longer consider yourselves underdogs in this pool? Um, oh, I think the pressure's always there. It's, you know, it's actually part of part of the job I enjoy. Um, in terms of expectation, um, well, I guess that goes goes with the job and the team. Um, but something tells me, you know, the fact that we haven't played rugby, um, certainly our public back home will be, I'm hoping a little bit more patient that we've, you know, we've had a year off effectively and we need to get back on track. And the first thing we need to do is get, you know, domestic rugby going before we can actually select the side and that's that's probably been the most difficult for me um, and the team because you know the players are itching and very excited about playing playing rugby again and that's the sad part about having that with the, the, the COVID and the year off um, but all but all in all again I, I think you know it's going to be an exciting year for us as long as we can get back on track. Thank you. And Eddie, you've just mentioned obviously it's a rebuilding phase for you. Um, just reflecting on the Autumn Nations Cup and Six Nations conclusion, on a scale of sort of one to ten, how happy are you? And what do you need to really be focusing on heading into the next, sorry, next Six Nations? 
Uh, well, satisfactory, mate. Um, you know, we won nine out of ten games, um, but we'd never played rugby. We felt where we we played at our best. Um, so that's the exciting thing for us that there's great opportunities to keep improving. And the Six Nations, mate, it's a tough old competition. You know, every side uh, it's it's attritional. Every side wants to beat England, so we're just gotta we're gonna find our best. We've got to find our best for that tournament, find a way to, to get our nose in front. Um, and that's what the Six Nations is about. Uh, has been for the four years that I've been involved and I can't see being any different for the next three years. Mario, potential quarterfinals, as we said before, could be Australia for you. You have a, a very close association with Australia, not being able to separate uh, results over the last two matches that you've played. What, what do you think are sort of the keys to, or the key factors in terms of, of defeating Australia? And do you think that this, Argent, this young Argentine squad um, can go all the way in 2023? What would be, you know, what would exceed your expectations or mark your expectations at Rugby World Cup 2023? Um, <laughs> Me parece que sería adelantarnos demasiado empezar a pensar en, en, en posibles escenarios de cuarto de final, así que seguramente no lo hagamos y ya va a haber tiempo para pensar en eso y plantearse objetivos más cerca de, del Mundial. Lo que sí puedo decir de, del equipo de Australia es que es un equipo muy joven con un grupo de entrenadores nuevo de muchísima calidad, seguramente sea uno de los, de los grupos de entrenadores de mayor calidad en el rugby mundial hoy y con un grupo de jóvenes que evidentemente adhieren a ese proyecto, así que seguramente tengan muy buenos años adelante de ellos. Y después obviamente hay muchos jugadores que, que, que conozco muy bien, este, empezando por el capitán Michael Cooper, eh, y tengo una relación especial con ese equipo, pero este, no tengo dudas de, de, quién, de quién me gusta que gane cada vez que jugamos contra ellos. Gracias. Uh, final question uh, to Eddie. You've had happy hunting ground at Rugby World Cups in France before in 2007, obviously as part of the coaching ticket. Um, what are you expecting from this tournament as a spectacle in 2023? Um, how do you think France will, will be as, as hosts? Uh, and how much does that excite you that it's something that's very close to home, but will have uh, such, a, such a great atmosphere around it? Yeah, well, France is a great rugby country. Um... You know, they host a, a fantastic World Cup in 2007. I think at the end of that World Cup, that was the best World Cup they've ever had, that, the, that rugby's ever had. Um, and, and, they, and they've got beautiful rugby grounds, you know, because, because rugby is, is the sport of a lot of the towns. They have great rugby stadiums, tight stadiums. You know, I remember the quarterfinals in, in 2007 we played at Marseille. It was about 25, 26 degrees, warm, sunny day. You know, absolutely brilliant. So you've got to be prepared for, for, for what could be relatively warm conditions. Not as warm as it was in Japan, but fairly, fairly warm conditions. And I remember, you know, the Australian England game particularly was played under burning sunshine on the, on the Saturday. So it should be a fantastic festival of rugby. And I think, given particularly what's happened in the world over the last period of time. If things can be sorted out to some degree there, it'll be a real festival of, of, of rugby and a festival of sport. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, gentlemen. Gracias, uh, Mario. Uh, that brings to a close this final Pool D uh, media conference. 
just to remind everybody that the full report of the press conferences and other material, including flash interviews, will be available via the media zone a little bit later. Uh, to you, gentlemen, as coaches, just to say thank you very much for joining us. I know it's been it's late for both uh, uh, both Eddie and uh, and Jamie. Um, and just to say, have a wonderful festive period as well. Stay safe and well, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thanks, boys. All the best. Cheers. Cheers.